0: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24-7. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain.
2: Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. I'm glad you guys started with a uh, a hockey story just now because, uh, I don't know if you know, the Islanders just won 10 straight games last night, so I just had to throw that out there. There you go. So, uh, you know, it, it was the Senate bet on it. I, I should have. But the senators were plus money on the money line. So, you know, you weren't going to get too much of a value with the Islanders. But they got the Penguins tomorrow night and that'll be a tough one. I will be there as well at the Barclays Center. Uh, what a game it was last night. A lot of fun. Uh, good to see some hockey getting into it. Basketball season's picking up. You know, we're getting into the real nitty gritty of the sports season and I love it. Um, but you guys were mentioning about Patrick uh, Kane. Uh, excuse me, Evander Kane from the Sharks, uh, Vegas Casino, claiming that he uh, failed to pay back 500000 in gambling markers given him in April. He took out eight separate credits that totaled 500000 in mid-April Marker, markers and are special credits that allow gamblers uh, to more easily receive access to larger amounts of money. Kane and the Sharks were in Vegas when he allegedly used the markers. San Jose played the Golden Knights, you said it, Dane, in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, he's in the second year of his seven-year $49 million deal. So uh, this should uh, take a little hit to his uh, salary if he has to end up paying. Bankroll
1: management, that's he's all. Not,
2: yeah, exactly, little low management. Uh, you could ask Antonio Brown how that is uh, when he has to deal with fines from his uh, salaries. I'm sure they can relate in that one. Guys, let's go to the NBA. Uh, some games last night, the Boston Celtics taking down the Cleveland Cavaliers, 119-113. to 113. Gordon Hayward tied a career-high 39 He made all 16 of his two-point attempts. Celtics won their fifth straight game, holding off the Cavs. Uh, Kemba Walker, um, excuse me, uh, he Kemba Walker missed the shot with 22 seconds left uh, that gave Boston the lead. Uh, He stole the inbound pass and sank a free throw to put the game away. Congratulations to the Boston Celtics. The Atlanta Hawks taking down the San Antonio Spurs 108. 2-100. Spurs were favored in this one. Hopefully, like, take the underdog in this matchup. Trey Young, guys, he's been great all season. 28 of his 29 points were in the second half. Jabari Parker added 19 points, and the Atlanta Hawks moved past the suspension of John Collins to snap a three-game losing streak uh, with the victory over the Spurs on Tuesday night. Jabari Parker added eight rebounds in the win. Guys, the Los Angeles Lakers taking down the Chicago Bulls in the mecca of basketball. According to Anthony right. Davis, not according to Dame Martinez. Dykeman and Rutgers Park, still the mecca of basketball here in New York. LeBron James, uh, the Lakers beat him 118 to 112. LeBron James posted his third consecutive triple double. 30 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. The Lakers rallied to beat the Chicago Bulls. This is their sixth straight. And opening victory. loss to the
1: Clippers is the still their only yep. loss of the season. Six right? straight wins
2: for the yep. Lakers right now. So um, do you think. This, this is the, that first game of the season That a little preview for the uh, the finals, maybe. I know it's so early, but Lakers, L.A., Lakers Clippers, yeah. battle for the West. Still a lot of, to, to lot of way to go. Lot a lot of basketball left. I right, won't get into that uh, too much. Guys, Kyle Kuzma scored 11 of his 15 points in the final period during his third game after missing the start of the season with an ankle injury. He hurt his ankle uh, during the USA basketball uh, this past summer. Kuzma said, quote, I'm getting there. It's a process. I know it's all about being patient right now because I really haven't had much basketball time since August. He averaged 18.7 points and 5.5 and rebounds per game last season. So the Lakers are hoping back, hoping that he can get back into that kind of a rhythm. The Nuggets took down the Heat 109-89. to 89. Jamal Murray scored 21 points. Will Barton and Jeremy Grant uh, added 15 as well. And the Denver Nuggets pulled away in the second half to beat the Miami He Jimmy Butler had 16 points, but 3 of 12 shooting while being guarded mostly by Barton. Uh, Kelly Olnick added 13 points for Miami, but he was outshot on the floor by the Nuggets, 52.3% to 36.4%. So uh, there's a little action in the NBA. Guys, the State Farm Champions Classic happened last night right across the street in Madison Square Garden, the real mecca of basketball. Duke takes down Kansas 68-66, to 66. Trey, Drone, Trey Jones, scored 15 points, and Cassius Stanley added 11 of his 13 points in the second half to help number 4 Duke beat third-ranked Kansas in the first game of the uh, State Farm Classic. The second game, however, that went Kentucky's way over Michigan State, 69-62. Tyrese Maxey, Kentucky's latest freshman star, scored 26 points, and the second-ranked Wildcats opened the season with a 69-62 victory over Michigan State here in this one. Calipari said... Uh, this was a day after Maxie's 19th birthday. Pari said, "I wanted him to come in firing, and uh, he did just that." Let's look. Uh, let's take a look at some uh, college basketball from last night as well. Let's go to uh, Seton Hall taking down Wagner, 105 to 71. A total beatdown for Seton Hall, getting their first win of the season. Miles Powell scores 27 points to lead number 12 Seton Hall. To a victory on Tuesday night without coach Kevin Williard on the sidelines. So they show Sheetan, Seton hall all their young stars getting it done without their coach on the sidelines. Guys, tonight the Knicks go to Detroit, take on the Pistons. Uh, Detroit are two and a half point favorites in this one. So the Pistons dealing with injuries, it should be an easy contest against the New York Knicks. All right, I'm going to send it back to Dane and Joe on Make It Rain, helping you win some cash this Wednesday morning.
3: Listening to the Sports Grid Network.
0: Let it ride.
3: You remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Hour two. Uh, time to make it rain here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Darren Ary. He is Dane Martinez as we get ready. For another packed night filled with uh, filled with games across just about every sport, there we've got Mormac action tonight. Miami taking on uh, Miami of Ohio uh, in a football game. So we got a little Wednesday night action. Not to mention uh, nine NBA games, two NHL games, and at least twenty-five more college basketball games as the season is officially. Deuce. Underway, and uh, it's always exciting uh, because last night I'm telling you, trying to navigate through just about a hundred college basketball games, uh, Dane was a, a little hairy uh, trying to figure out what the second half lines were. It was uh, not gonna lie, a bit right. of a uh, bit of a headache there last night for a few hours trying to navigate through 900 waves of games, seven, then eight, then nine, then ten thirty, then you had overtimes. Uh, it was crazy, and then of course you had the Chicago Bulls did something last night, and thank goodness, Dan, I didn't have any action on this game. I would have lost my ever-loving mind. I would have lost my ever-loving mind that a coach, a professional coach, a a NBA coach decides to, with the lead in the second half, pull out his starters and not put them back in, even though LeBron James and company – made a ridiculous comeback in the fourth quarter to win right. the game. He not only lost the game, okay? He refused to bring his starters back in and the only reason he did it was because quote, um we're going to we're going to get this bench into shape if it's the last thing we do here. So he wanted to give his he's trying to grow the bench, he's trying to grow these players. So because he ultimately tanked the game. Yeah, he tanked the game. Now, they did cover – I don't know how they covered, but I would have lost my mind if I had Chicago on the money line. They were just – they had that game easily in hand going into the second half. Yeah. And then came the fourth They're quarter. Like 17. He took everybody out. Yeah. Look at the fourth yeah, quarter that's score. 38-19. to 19. That's like
1: – it's like, remember when they, they brought in Jared Stidham, but they brought back Tom Brady after the pick six? <laughs> you know, that'd be like just leaving Stidham i lost myself, man. That's weird. That's the kind of crap. You want to do
3: that at Seton Hall, be my guest. Don't do that crap in the sure. NBA. Unbelievable. That's wild. Nuts. Teach Screw you, time. LeBron. Get that experience. Yeah, it's
0: exactly, yeah
3: here we go on a, uh, I can't believe it's Wednesday, damn it, Wednesday, November the 6th on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ari. He is Dane Martinez, and next to him is somebody a hell of a lot better looking than Dane Martinez. Uh, Alden uh, is, uh, that's going to be the future Mrs. Martinez, in fact, they're getting ready. And I understand, Dane, if I'm not crazy here, though, but I understand you have a bit of a
1: free weekend. Do you have, yeah, but do you do. have a free weekend? I have a free weekend. Oh, okay. that is true. <laughs> yeah, what's I going on there? I have a free weekend because Alden, my lovely fiance, it is her bachelorette weekend, okay? So she's about to hop on a plane. And I remember, Joe, that a few months ago you told me a story about uh, a hotel. In Palm Springs, and she is going to mm-hmm. Palm Springs literally today. So, Joe, I want you to tell her the story about what's going down over there, and see if yes. maybe we got a correspondent on the uh on the case. Sound good?
3: Yes, perfect. Do it. Let's, Let's go. Do Put it. her on a hot. Because yes, this was one of my favorite stories a couple of months back over the summer when I came across it because you know I happen to be a. Uh, a diehard fan of this particular restaurant. So, Alden, you're heading to Palm Springs today for the weekend.
0: I am, and I'm so excited.
3: Oh, you got to be pumped! And how many girls, by the way, in the uh, in the bachelorette party? How many of you are going?
0: There's going to be 15 of us. It's a pretty uh, big, crazy crowd.
3: <laughs> Damn, you invited everybody and anybody, huh? So like anybody you ever had a cup of coffee with, like, come on, let's go to Palm Springs. We're gonna have a party, a bachelorette party. Do me a favor though, because <laughs> this was one of my favorite stories when we came across it, Dane and I talked about it. There's a hotel in Palm Springs. I'm gonna need you to swing by just to give us an update on. Taco Bell took the hotel over. So it's actually a Taco Bell themed hotel where all they serve, poolside and at the bar and everywhere, everything is tacos, tacos, and tacos. So I'm going to send Dane the address, and I need you. As long as you you and the 15 girls, I mean, it looks like a beautiful hotel. What could go wrong at a Taco Bell-themed hotel, right? What it sounds like, there's a party, there's <laughs> tacos in the pool. Sounds really, really healthy and not disgusting at all. But uh, we're going to send you the address. If you could swing by and just <laughs> check it out, give us the uh, 411. Dane thinking maybe a little uh, after honeymoon return trip. So I want you to be able to see it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I will definitely have to check that out. That sounds pretty good after a few drinks.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even think about it. Go to the hotel bar. Uh, At the Taco Bell hotel and bar and go ahead and down a six pack of Taco Supremes, little Dorito Locos tacos. I'm with you. What the hell's better than margaritas (laughs) and Dorito Locos tacos? You got to be kidding me.
0: Yeah, it sounds pretty good. When are you coming back? Uh, I get back next uh, Tuesday.
3: Oh, so he's by himself all weekend and through Tuesday.
0: Yes, he is. He's by himself. I don't know what he's gonna eat, but he uh, he he's free for the weekend or for a week.
3: (laughs) He's gonna eat Taco (laughs) Bell. Who you kid, Alden? Well, be safe. Be enjoy the trip. (laughs) Be safe, please. I'm gonna send the address. Take some pictures and uh, take a look at the hotel. And please, uh, when you get a chance, send it to him so we can take a look on Monday.
0: Okay, we'll do. Good talking to you, Joe.
3: Good talking to you, Alden. Be good. Safe trip. Enjoy you and the 28 women. Enjoy the uh, bachelorette party in uh, in Palm <laughs> Springs. I don't even think I have 15 people I, I would invite again. to anything. Be good, girl. I, I don't even think I have 15 <laughs> people. Like, Bavona, how many people do you have at your bachelor party? A whopping five. What? Could you imagine 15? Like, I, like who do, I don't even know anybody I like enough to bring I know.
1: 15 she's people got a ton. on a trip. She's got an army going oh, down she's like there. A- she's got an army.
3: How many are going to be at your bachelor party, Dane? How many you got coming?
1: Uh less than that. Less than that. I think I'm. I think I'm at like ten. Oh, I'm damn, at ten, dude. but that's how many have been invited. Five? I don't know if they're all going to show up. Oh, I invited like what? I invited fifteen, but only five could
3: uh, could come up with the money to go to San Diego. Let's oh, put it this way: right? you went to San Diego. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. you went to San Diego. I'm going to be in your neck of the
1: woods in Miami, Joe, and we've got the Airbnb. It sleeps thirteen, so there's room if you want to join.
3: Uh, absolutely well, you know i'm gonna be there that's gonna be awesome but 15 yeah,
1: we'll uh 15 women
3: at a taco bell hotel over the weekend i cannot wait to see uh the pictures from this because <laughs> a little yeah, i don't yeah i don't i no. don't think so either it's probably I'll see not, whatever yeah, pictures you probably probably seen but yeah we'll see better you don't now, know i not hear any like of that. were you nice to her were i was nice very to nice to her i was just a, Okay. I was explaining all the right. fascination and a possible after honeymoon trip to a Taco Bell hotel in Palm Springs. What the hell is better than that? Sure, you got to be kidding me. I'm with you. Yeah, it. and she was Let's all for go. it. All for it. Bring yeah. the ladies to yeah. a Taco Bell hotel in Palm Springs.
1: What could go wrong? Nothing could over go wrong under, there. Over under, over under, out of bottles of wine they will consume this weekend. 15 girls. I'll put it at 45 and a half. Dude, that's gonna be a that's going to be a crap show, dude. I can I can't even I
3: like 15 girls like all going <laughs> I, yeah no. Like and let me ask you a question. How many of the dudes that you are invited? How many are married? How many war ma- are,
1: are married oh, yeah, that yeah, are coming yeah. down here? That's right. Let's put there's a huge dividing line. The ones that are coming oh, that are like huge. married with two kids they are very excited. Yes. They are very responsive on the email <laughs> chain about this. Yes. You We're know, the dudes that are still single have? and whatever. They're like, Yeah, 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 I'll be there. Don't don't sweat it. Remind me a week beforehand. A Just party. tell me the flight. Right? The guys, the guys that are like floors, married or whatever, <laughs> this is their chance. And the same thing oh, with all the G saying some of the mommies are very excited to have oh, a weekend. Yes. Uh yes. everybody in my yeah, bachelor
3: party the- was either uh, had a significant other, or married. One of my friends had even just oh. found out that he was going to have a baby in a little bit. Oh, yeah, so, it so was, it's a, it it's a crap time. show. It's a crap show, yeah, because yeah. they're it. You're basically, you are babysitting those dudes uh, all trip long because it's like it would get That's out right. of jail free card and they don't know how to act anymore. That's it's right. amazing. So all Absolutely That's amazing. Right. Ridiculous. All right, good. Talk about so we're going to send you the address. Make sure that you send her over there uh, and get uh, and get some photos for us because we got to see what this hotel's what like. Is, uh, when she's and she's in and California. I have
1: her picking up other things for me as well in her trip that she's going to bring on. Very back. nice. So we yes, can do that. As also
3: important. Sure. Yes, also important. When in Rome, you know, do is uh, you know get it done. That's exactly what it's all about. That's right. Uh, all right, so let me ask you some because you've been a big proponent of this guy from day one, uh, and mm-hmm. I don't trust him and I don't know what they're going to do with him, but Darius Geis is back for the Redskins. And I don't know who held on to him, uh, possibly in a fantasy world here, but yeah. he is back. Now, we know Gruden wasn't a big – Jay Gruden wasn't a big fan of uh, AP, but Adrian Peterson has done nothing but put his head down, and he's rushing quietly, Dan, for like 100 yards every week. Yeah. It's amazing to me. And Callahan said, listen – we're gonna run the ball with Dwayne Haskins. We're gonna keep running the right. ball. I what do you do with uh what do you do here with a Darius Geis? Is he somebody that's still on rosters? Do you do you do you trust him or
1: what do you do? Yeah, so most leagues, and it this depends on your settings, Joe, but a lot of leagues have an IR spot, right? So you could put someone on IR and it's not like burning the roster spot for you. So a lot of people did, in fact, mm-hmm. had him on IR when they had the uh the designation to return. OK, so that's one thing. What I'll say is, Joe, listen, in the trading deadline, what did we say about these teams? Washington, Cincinnati, you know, other Miami, other mm-hmm. teams that had no shot and needed to look to the future. You have to find out what you have in your kids. And usually mm-hmm. that's about the quarterback position. Right. Ryan Finley, uh, Dwayne Haskins. Right. But in this case. I think it plays and relates to the running back as well. They ain't going anywhere even if Adrian Peterson was running well, and he was, okay? You have to find out if Darius Geis is a difference maker or not as you move into the future with Haskins, scary Terry McLaren and others. I think you got to run him out there. Now, in fantasy, I wouldn't start him right away, but yes, I'd stash him on my bench to see what you have, and maybe you've got an RB1 um, for Washington, in your playoff push. I don't start him right away, but I, I'm intrigued, absolutely, and I think Washington needs to take a look.
3: I think people forget too, like, guys, he was in yeah. many people's books, he was better than Saquon Barkley. Like, he was highly touted. He had some off-field issues, obviously, which made him drop. But many people thought he was better. He was a much better addition than Saquon Barkley was, which tells you the kind of hype around him. Then he blows out his knee. Then he gets an infection. Then he comes. He misses his whole rookie year. Then he starts this year, gets a 13-yard carry,
1: and he blows his leg out again. Like, so I don't even know why you start look him at this point. Season. Like, think Joe Mixon, yeah. guys. Big think gun. Joe Mixon. Yes. Same thing. Got to
0: take a look at Got to see what you got Cut them over to the floor.
3: Nice. Alright, here we go. Hey, why don't you uh, why don't you guys go ahead light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? You can go ahead and join DailyRoto.com and learn simply from the very best daily fantasy players from around the country. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS. Get the line combinations and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey and you're not using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION. Get yourself 10% discount. That promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. And keep in mind, guys, that DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. And welcome in here. It's funny. I had had... It's funny. I had had a. I I saw this yesterday, and I I love Tony Dungy. Uh, he's a uh, he's a yeah. bit of a uh, kumbaya guy, but he's uh, he Tony Dungy is good. One of the nicest guys uh, I've had a chance yes. to meet him a couple of times. Very good, salt of the love earth kind of guy. And he had, yeah, he had get yeah, big time, yes. Uh, and he had, he had posted something on Twitter that I had saw, and I and I just found it here, Dane, and and it's worth repeating because if Tony Dungy. A guy that loves the NFL. You've been in it forever. He brings uh-huh. up an interesting point here, and he basically took a snapshot of, of what happened Monday night when you can see the receiver for the Giants getting absolutely mauled uh, by a Dallas defender there. He wrote that please do us a favor and don't let coaches' challenges. Don't let them them challenge pass interference anymore because you're causing teams to lose timeouts. You're making your officiating department look inept, and you're making us fans feel stupid like we don't know the meaning of clear, obvious, and significant. And the whole point of being able to challenge it is to do just this, slow motion, and be able to see what is clear, obvious, and significant in impeding the receiver from being able to catch the ball. But once again, the NFL... Passed this rule, they're just not implementing it. And I think Tony Dungy's got a great point here, Dane. But if you remember, we talked about this yeah. when the rule came to ground And we said, listen, they're going to sure do did. this as a way to say, hey, look, we've done something. But the reality is, us fans, we bitch and moan for about 30 seconds and then we let it go because ultimately we don't care. We say we care we say we're outraged but the truth is this has been going on for 10 weeks now they 9 weeks and it there's a a game a weekend right that has some yep. something like this involved in it where we just go we've gotten to the point now where that so what i mean think about the outrage we had with the reason that this was put into effect to begin with, and yet here it is. They're not even following through with it, Dane, and I don't see anybody picketing games. I don't see anybody bitching and moaning, and neither does the NFL. So the NFL is well aware, Dane, of what's going on here.
1: They are. But I do agree with Tony Dungy, to be quite honest. Like, we said this going Mm -hmm. into it. We said that they are doing this in a reactionary way, and it was going to ultimately open up Pandora's box. Joe, the first time Mm -hmm. I saw someone in the preseason throw the challenge flag to try to generate an offensive pass interference, we knew then that this was going to be a very slippery slope. And I agree with Dungy. The fact that what it's doing is it's costing teams timeouts, okay, because Mm -hmm. coaches are trying to do this. When they think something is obvious, but it's still so subjective, clear and obvious impediment, all that stuff. And you're putting, you're backing coaches, you're backing refs into a bad spot. Fans are like, whoa, that's ridiculous and consistent. I knew it was going to be an issue when they did this. And now here we are. Okay. And again, this was a reaction to one horrible, egregious mistake in a huge spot in the NFC championship game. Mm -hmm. But now what we're left with is you said one a week, Joe. I think there's one a game in every game in the NFL.
3: Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you can go down the list and there is absolutely. Well, it's not even I get it. If you are going to if you're going to make the rule and not implement it, then that's even worse than not having the rule at all and doing nothing about it. Having it in place right. and then not implementing it and utilizing it is, an and you got to overturn all all these ones the that
1: show like a little pass interference. they yeah. you got to overturn these.
3: And they're not going to let the refs understand. They're not going to make them look as inept as they already are. They're not going to do it. So right. that's obvious. After nine weeks, we see it. We get it. You're gonna. You're not going to overturn the calls. You should. So why have the rule on the book? To me, it's even exactly. worse than actually blowing the call right now. What they're doing.
1: Here's what I would say if they wanted to split the difference, because listen, isn't replay in the last two minutes ultimately called by the booth anyway? So maybe you can replay it in the last two minutes. But having the coaches risking the timeout and the challenges, that's the part that I think is bad because the coach sees it understand that in their interpretation of the rule, it could warrant the challenge, but then they're just not getting it because of this other subjective stuff. They don't want to make the refs look bad. They're not going to apply and implement it like you say. So in that situation, take it out of the coach's hands, take it out of the coach's hands. So they don't have the act of challenging. So they don't look bad. So you lose the timeout and all that stuff. I thought they never should have done this in the first place, but now it's become such a subjective slippery slope that what we're left with is worse okay and and i understand even on black and white things, like the dude lined up off sides that's either black or white, you can tell. But something that is subjective, like pass interference or like holding or like even this roughing the passer kind of stuff, it's open to interpretation. And that's what you don't want to do. And leave, it, leave it then up to the judgment of the official. And yeah, they got some wrong. They're going to get him wrong sometimes. But opening up this Pandora's box, I think now has the NFL with egg on their face.
3: Well, what's going to happen when the playoffs come around and you have set the precedent of you ain't going to turn it around, but yet when all of America is watching the games and it's clear when you have 20 million people watching a a playoff game or whatever it is, you're going to tell me you're not going to overturn the call? You're not going to put the right call on the field? Because I find that hard to believe. It's one thing to do it when Jacksonville's playing or nobody's watching because... But when the playoffs come, everybody is going to be tuned in. And you're going to tell me all of a sudden now you're going to be like, oh, absolutely, pass. Now you're going to? Now you're going to switch it? Uh, what message that's does worse. that send then at that point? Exactly. It's that's even, even worse. worse because then yep, there's going to be some
1: coach that's going to be able to bring up some game film of week five when the exact same mm-hmm. behavior wasn't overturned. Yep. And that's where the NFL is yep. going to get into a slippery slope. And you know what else is going to happen mm. when they do overturn in the playoffs? I'll bet my bottom dollar right now, Joe, that that's going to help. Oh, I don't know. The Patriots oh i don't mm-hmm. know that will yep. help like you know the the niners or the saints and there will be a narrative out there that that was done because mm-hmm. the league is in bed with new england or whoever it winds up That's helping correct. and all of that will be viable because it's subjective and because it's inconsistent if it was consistent and objective they wouldn't have a leg to stand on but they're setting themselves up to have this blowback in their face because you're right joe they will flip it when the world is watching and then it'll look inconsistent and everybody will have a legit gripe about it
3: but i don't think they'll care because they'll be able to say we got it right isn't that all that matters and yeah you got it right because everyone's get it right in a playoff game. You, you can't set a precedent like that. And the problem, again, if you're going to allow judgment calls to be reviewed, then whose judgment is it in the review to look at that person? Like, who is judging all of this is my question. If you're going to allow it to be reviewed, well, whose judgment? Al Riveron's judgment is now? He's got to – I don't – there's nothing clear about this. It's even more convoluted than it was in the fact that you're not overturning what is clear of uh, interference, then don't do it. And don't do it again when we get to the AFC and NFC championship games when everybody's going to be watching again. And you, you and I both know it's going to come down to the final minute. A play is going to happen where a guy gets crushed in the end zone. They're not going to throw the flag. It's going to be challenged. And guess what? They're going to overturn it because – Guys, that's why
1: we have the rule to get it right. Or get it right. Or you or here's another thing I fear will happen, Joe, and this I think is even more likely. A coach will challenge a pass interference, right? Like mm-hmm. with ten minutes left in the second quarter. Okay. They will lose the challenge. Okay. And then later on Mm -hmm. in the game, there will be a mistake where the coach needs their challenge, but they won't have it anymore because they burned it on a Mm -hmm. pass interference. And it'll be obvious to everybody that, oh, a guy was really out of bounds or that the ball was really moving forward or whatever it was. And they won't be able to challenge it because they've lost it on a pass interference Mm -hmm. challenge that. The evidence looked like it was obvious, but subjectively Al Riberon or whoever was in New York didn't think so. And then they're going to not have a challenge for a play that actually needs it in the fourth quarter of like the NFC divisional playoff matchup.
3: Yep. Uh, It's coming, guys. I'm telling you right now, they are trying to eliminate one problem. They've just created 12 more by not sticking to it because... But they know we don't care. Ultimately, we're only going to care when everyone's watching, which will be in the playoffs. And I guarantee you, all of a sudden they'll get it right then. Shocking. And then they'll be like, what do you want, guys? That's the whole reason we had this. They are not going to make their refs look that incompetent for 16, 17 weeks of an NFL season. They will in the playoffs because it's the right thing to do, according yeah. to them, but not in week four, not in
1: week three, not week eights. Have uh, never it's it's never this more clear. Subjective. Things yep. With judgment calls. Yep. And- if you lined up offside, that's black and white. Delay of game. Did you get the snap off? That's black and white. But subjective right. things. No. This opens up Pandora's box, and someone's gonna have a legit reason to bitch and moan about it.
3: That's correct. It's uh it's a coming, guys. Uh, any which way you cut it, the NFL does a great job of patting themselves on the back. But to me, this is just, this is ridiculousness. It's a million times worse because now you're spitting you in our face and telling us it's raining. You're you're, you're embarrassing yourself and Dungy's right. You're making the fans think they're complete idiots. Like, what, do you think we're idiots? Is it? that what you think? All right. I, I, we don't know the difference? Like, we don't know the difference, huh? Is that what you think? Got that, really. that real. Yep, get terrible. Get the real. Absolutely terrible. Nothing subjective about a guy's elbowing to a face. Nothing subjective about
0: it. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24 hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid.
3: All right, so we got a big big night here tonight uh, in the world of sports college uh, football Mac action back at it uh, here and uh, we got a uh, Miami Ohio taking on Ohio one team is good the other team is not so good what does that ultimately mean it means you'll probably get 900 points scored uh, it is Mac action football after all Ohio laying in seven 54 54 and a half seems to be the number somewhere around there uh, this game is Ah, uh, for I guess Mac supremacy, sort of speak. There, and Miami, Ohio, is not is not a good team, Dan. It's uh, it's not a good team. But we are going to have football from Mac action from here on out in these midweek games, which I'm okay with. We got another game tomorrow night here in college football, so we'll have college basketball Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll have same situation for basketball. The NBA will stagger in between. It is going to be, you know, how do you choose when you when you decide to sit down and go, all right, let me focus on what I'm going to place my bets here tonight. Where am I going to go? It's like, holy crap, where am I going to, where am I going to make the best effort? Which is a good reminder, guys, you can't know 150 basketball games. Like, there's no way you can do it. Our suggestion, my suggestion, is pick a conference you like the most in basketball. And preferably not one of the ones that are going to be on national TV all that much. And the reason being is because the bookmakers know you're going to be watching those games. And the lines tend to be pretty damn sharp. But look at the Missouri Valley. Like, pick a conference. Start there, Dane. Look, learn as much as you can. Whether it be... You know, the Mac, whether it be the, you know, the Missouri Valley, whether it be the Atlantic 10, whatever it is, you got 36 of them in in basketball, in college basketball. Go ahead, pick one or two of the lesser known ones and start there, Dane. Otherwise, you'll drive yourself, Dan, crazy and go broke.
1: Yep. I completely agree with you. And we've said this before, Joe, you know, you just reeled off, you know, college basketball, college football, the NBA, the NHL, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the NFL, so much stuff. Think about that as a world of, you know, the options that are out there, Mm -hmm. the casinos, the books themselves. I don't know, Joe, how many people does like the Westgate employ as, as bookmakers, Mm -hmm. as odds makers? I don't know. Is it 10? Is it 50? I don't know. Right? However many it is, they only have a certain amount of time to research and prep all of this, okay? And so mm-hmm. they're going to focus on what has the most action and the biggest handle, right? And just like you say to in sports investors, don't try and do it all. There's so many opportunities to lose your shirt. For them, this is hard because there's so many mm-hmm. games that they have to accurately tap, Okay, and so there's going to be some inefficiencies and you're right. It's going to be Missouri Valley. It ain't going to be the NFL. I'll tell you that right now, Joe. So and that's what we say all the time. Pick something that, you know, that's why we always say, Mm -hmm. Joe, if you get these touts out there that say they're 85, 90 percent on all sports. That's BS. They don't know the real guys. They don't know all sports. They pick something and they become nope. an expert in that. That's why we have on someone like Mid Major Matt. That's why we bring in the yep. expert for soccer and Charles Michel because they dedicate themselves to that. One of my best friends, groomsman at my wedding, right? His dad, mm-hmm. okay, Peter Stevens is his name. He knows Ivy League basketball, college basketball, okay? Mm-hmm. He went to Columbia and he likes it, whatever. But I'll tell you, once or twice a year, he hits me up and he's like, "Dane, this is a horrible line, okay? This he's like, this Brown Yale line is way off. He knows that because he focuses Mm. on that. And then guess what? I tell him, and it hits because he's focused on that. It's a universe of info, just like the, the books don't have the time to do it either. Focus in on something. You're absolutely right, Joe.
3: Yep." And the best lines, the biggest edges, of course, are in the lesser-known conferences. And that's what makes it so interesting in college hoops, Dan, is that there is so, I mean, just so much to choose from on a weekly basis here. Yeah. You've got college football. You've got 11 conferences, all right, to put it in perspective. You've got 11 conferences and groupings, okay? College basketball. 32 guys, 30 different conferences from Power Five to the ACC, to the Big Ten, to the mid-majors, to the North Conference. Like, how many times do we get the March Dane, right? And we're going through the list, and we're we're talking about teams. You're like, what the hell? What conference right. is that? Like, the Colonial? Like, what is that? And, and yeah. P.S., those are usually the easiest games to profit from. Because the books aren't – there's not a lot of handle there. Right. There's not a lot of sharp money moving the line. Either the line is dead dead wrong or it's dead right. Most of the time, right. it's way off one way or the other. So that's where the edges come in. Certainly come March, we that's where you can
1: profit the mm-hmm. most from it. You, you know how before March Madness, Joe, there's like conference tournament week, right? And you know how they show on the networks and stuff like how a few teams have already punched their ticket? from winning those conference tournaments that happen like when the big East and the ACC is like in the first round of their tournament, there's always like six or 10 schools that have already won their conference tournament and are in those are the conferences we're talking about. Okay, the big Mm -hmm. sky, the Patriot, the colonial. Okay, there are inefficiencies in those conferences. So if you dig in beat reporters, experts on focusing on just those conferences, you can find some edges, especially like and the opposite is true. The NFL is the sharpest market out there because there's only 32 teams and everyone's paying attention. Find me women's college water polo if they could put a line on that.
3: Yeah. It's so true. And you know what? I don't even have to watch it. Doesn't have to be on TV. I'm good to go. Don't don't need it. Don't want it. I just want to have value.
1: If I've got the value, I am good. That's why we like the AAF so much, Joe. Right. That's That's why the AAF was an opportunity because the books didn't have the information edge because we were all on a clean slate. They just don't have the bandwidth or the capacity to be so sharp on everything.
3: Yep, and your team uh, tonight. In fact, your alma mater, Syracuse, they're yeah. taking on of all teams the defending, the defending champs, the uh, yeah. Tony Bennett and the Virginia <laughs> Cavaliers. Now, keep in mind, Tony Bennett guys, this this team from Virginia, they lost the Kyle guy, DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome. They, they lost their three top scorers, their heart and soul of that team. But of course. They weren't the only three on the team last year. They actually do have a handful of other guys that are returning. And Bayheim's coming off a disappointed year. Uh, But, you know, the one thing about Syracuse that you can always count on is recruiting. And Bayheim, say what you want, college basketball, this is his 44th season, Dane. 44 damn season. He lost only four starters from last year, but he did add a... Five-player freshman class of all top mm-hmm. recruits, so they're going to be young. Yep. They're going to be experienced, but like everything else with Syracuse, this next wave, this next two to three-year period, we're going to be talking a lot about Syracuse, man.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, they they reload almost every year. I mentioned the way Bayheim recruits, you know, and also not for mm-hmm. nothing, but. They're moved to the ACC. You know, they get to see if you're a kid, right? And they're like, oh, you're going to play Duke, Carolina, Louisville every year. That's attractive. You know you're a competitive team. Yep. You know you're always going to be in it. And, you know, Bayheim, you'll be on TV because of the Bayheim carrier dome factor. Absolutely. And I think he's coming up on 1,000 wins or something like that, Joe. Yep. You know, in the all-time 44 list.
3: years, dude.
1: 44. And he had some taken away. He had some taken away because of the yes. scandal a few years back.
3: Yes, he has. Uh, they haven't fared yeah, that I mean, he well. He should against be right Virginia up there with the last...
1: Coach K, like more than Bobby Knight, stuff like that.
3: No, he's there. He's absolutely top uh, top three of four. Yeah. 44 years is ridiculous there at a, uh, at a top program. The Cavaliers, uh, Virginia has actually beaten Syracuse pretty handedly over the last couple of years. They the have... last two at the Carrier Dome, they've won they by have... an average of 21 points. Uh, but, again, to your point, we said, mention. Take a look at the first half unders with Syracuse. It's been one of the most profitable bets on the board since 2005. I mean, we're talking about winning really at a up. at a over 65% clip by banking the unders against conference teams. Now, this is an ACC matchup, guys. They're not playing St. Bonaventure. They're playing Virginia, which is an ACC matchup. Now, the other thing about Virginia and Tony Bennett that we know, Dane. They're going to be as slow, like, watching paint dry. They are not running and gunning, and they play defense. They they play a lot of defense. So, looking at this game, I don't think Syracuse is is, – this is a learning year, so to speak, in many aspects. So, Virginia, I think they're only laying three in this game, two and a half or three. But give me that first half under, man. Give me that under between these two teams. I don't expect a lot of scoring at the Carrier Dome.
1: So, Joe, I like your trend. I like the data. I like the approach. But I think the books are on it as well, Joe. First, on FanDuel, at least, the game is three Mm -hmm. and a half. Okay? QC is getting three and a half. Okay. But here's the thing, to to your point. The total for the game, Joe, is 125 and a half. Okay? So you slice that in half, and what are we talking? 62, 63, something like that? Mm -hmm. But the first half total, Joe, is 58 and a half.
3: So they've taken a full fight
1: away from it based on – I would only imagine based on what we've said. So the books are ahead of this, okay? So if you want (laughs) to do it, I believe you. And Virginia's a defensive team. I get it, you know? But the books have kind of baked that in, I think. And slow. And slow. And it shouldn't scare – even 125,
3: guys, when you look at totals for – college basketball keep in mind like like, you can look at it but if you don't know what the average total for a for a game is it kind of you don't have any context so think about this average college basketball games for the most part and it'll obviously fluctuate between conference and everything else. about 140 145 that's going to be average about 70 points 75 points between each team so if you go in, if you see one in the 160s, then you know two things are happening. One, they don't play a lot of defense, too. They're about as up-tempo and run-and-gun as there is. If you see one at 125, you can guarantee defense and slow pace are going to be a huge part of this game. Uh, the full 125, this has got, you know, you and I, 62-51 written all over it, Dane. Right. Uh, that's exactly what yeah, we're going to be getting tonight in this uh, Virginia game.
1: I think so, too. And you're right. It's the beginning of the season, right? So shots are a little yeah. off. But Joe, maybe defense, especially a team playing, learning the 2-3 zone, maybe that's not as, oh. maybe the Q's 2-3 zone is not as good as it's going to be in a month and a half either. Right. You know what I mean? That takes yep. learning, and it's a lot different than just going out there playing man-to-man like you used to from high school. So there's some risk yep. there as well. 58 and a half is real low, Joe. That's like neither team yet. That's like First team to 30 wins. Well, think about it, and It's 30. It could think about it. It's 30-25.
3: I mean, that's what that's what you got yep.
1: right there. You know what that's I mean? What and they're
3: saying. That's not unheard of with these two teams. It's <laughs> not unheard of
1: at all. It's not. It's so, not at all. All yep. I'm saying is that they baked it in. You know, it's less than 50% of the full game line yes. in the first half. Line. Absolutely. So they're thinking the slow start as well.
3: Yep. And uh, and you know what? Between these two, there are two teams that Profile. As slow as ass of scoring only 28 points in the first, it's yeah. these two teams. I can promise you that, especially on the road. Uh, but it's going to be fun. I mean, we got college. We got college basketball tonight. We're going to another huge slate coming Friday. From this point on, Dane, it's 300 games a week. Uh, we're going to be all over the place with college hoops. Yeah. And the one other one that we had mentioned both came to fruition. Three games last night, in fact. Neutral court games in the first month, Dane, between two college programs. Uh, the unders have been ridiculously profitable. And you saw it last night. Both games in Madison Square Garden from those top ranked teams, both games went under. St. Mary's and Wisconsin played in South Dakota for some godforsaken reason last night. That game went to overtime and it still went under 121.5. So. Wow. Neutral wow. court, guys. Neutral court, first month of the season. Look at them unders. It's coming. Three for three last night this with that weird. system.
1: Why are they playing the Carrier Dome?
3: Virginia Syracuse. That's weird.
1: It's ACC not like
3: programming. ACC Network demands you give us great games yeah. right from the start.
1: make it rain
3: let's look at the conferences for instance on because there are some telling signs and don't forget that the committee doesn't stay the same they rotate people in and out there's not always the same people in the room so what happened last year is not going to be it's got no bearing on what happens this year because the room changes over but it's interesting what they did with the Pac-12 they've got Utah and Oregon and this was always a big question of ours is that listen it does the Pac-12 even you know does the Pac-12 champ are they the ones looking out how about the Big 12 because Oklahoma's 9 right? And Oklahoma has a loss to Kansas State. Well, what if Baylor wins the Big 12? Baylor's undefeated and look at them. They're not even, where Where are you, Baylor? Oh, yeah, are 12. So, you know, Baylor's undefeated. Oklahoma's not yet. Baylor is, Florida's got two losses. Auburn's got two losses and they're ahead of Baylor. So it's interesting to see what the committee thinks of these conferences. Right now, it's a toss up between Oregon and Utah, but even if whoever wins out of those two wins the Pac-12, Are you going to really make a leap from
1: eight to the top four? You got two two two-loss SEC teams in the top ten. Yeah, but but if you you are – if the Pac-12 champ wins out, what will also happen Mm -hmm. is, you know, Penn State or Ohio State falls by the wayside. An SEC team will fall by the wayside. You know, you'd beat the other Pac-12 team. So, yeah, I do think – The way it looks like to me, Joe, is your Big Ten champ is in. Your SEC champ is in. I think Clemson is in, right? And I think, yes, the Pac-12 champ would be in. I think the issue and what people need to watch, to be quite honest, I think the wild card is if Georgia wins the SEC championship. Mm -hmm. Because if Georgia wins the SEC championship over, say, an undefeated LSU or an undefeated Alabama— And one of those two teams that are really going to be, like, probably sitting pretty at two, if they lose the SEC championship title game, there's a chance they could still only fall to four. I think Georgia is the team that can upset the apple cart, making two SEC teams in the top four.
3: And that's, yeah, that's going to be the biggest fear, isn't it? Uh, and uh, And Penn State, listen, Penn State will have an opportunity. It's dominant. Uh, you'll have to do it. Yep, you will have an opportunity to do it. I don't. I think the Big 12 is probably going to be on the outside looking in, unless Kansas State, like Oklahoma and Baylor, you got to hope Kansas State gets really hot and runs the table here, because then all of a sudden losing to Kansas State, you know what? it ain't that damn bad. It ain't bad losing to Kansas State if they're a top 10 team, you know? But
1: I don't, this is all name recognition. If the Pac-12 champ is not that impressive, then your big 12 champ could hop them. Yes,
3: yeah. To me, that's a bad spot Oklahoma's in.